Luke's account of this event informs us that Jesus said when he passed the bread to, the, to his disciples, this is my body which is given for you. This cup represents my blood which is poured out for you. We know about people who choose to give their lives in the place of others. It seems like every culture has a story in which someone sacrifices life for the good of the others. It's a gospel story that's interwoven in the hearts of all men and women all over the world throughout all history. Here, Jesus tells us, and he tells his disciples that he is about to give his life for them. He is about to pour out his blood for them. So, is Jesus' death simply a martyr's death? Why did Jesus die anyway? Romano Gardini muses that when a man dies in battle for his country, even when he succumbs to a stroke of fate, the answer to the why is more or less clear. But with Jesus, everything is different. He's not like any other man. He does not fall in battle. His strength does not collapse before superior, superior hostile forces. He is not the victim of malevolent misfortune. And while it is true that all of these will have a role to play in Jesus' demise, they are not the inescapable reason that he will die. Jesus will give his life for all who will believe in him. He will pour out his blood, which will become the life of the new covenant between God and man. When God created man, he created out of nothing. When we create, and we have many extremely creative people in our congregation. When we create, we always create out of something that already exists. In fact, even when animals are cloned and someday possibly humans are cloned, it will be creating out of something that already exists. So it's not creating and really as it's certainly not creating as God created. Since we are creatures and not creators, our deaths are really not up to us. Even when we voluntarily die in the place of others. Our deaths, even sacrificial deaths, are limited, severely limited in scope. We can only better the lives of others by our own deaths in extreme circumstances for a limited amount of time. Certainly not for eternity, because not only are we creatures, we are sinful creatures. God created us, just as he did all of creation, in a perfect state. Again, when God created, he created out of nothing. He used dirt, how fitting, <laughs> to shape and form man, and then brought forth woman from his rib. When Adam sinned, he attempted to free himself of the very reason and cause for his existence. 
He attempted to be sufficient in himself. Does that not resonate with you when you sin? But this can never be so when Adam sinned. He fell away from God back into nothingness. Not the nothingness from which he came, but away from God to the nothingness of sin and death and destruction and judgment. Eternal judgment. And all who come from Adam are destined for judgment. Which is why our deaths can never be meaningful in an eternally significant way. In fact, he who has been created can never truly end his or her own existence. Which is why martyrdom is limited and even why the ultimate attempt at control of our own lives and our own destinies, suicide, doesn't accomplish what we want to Accomplish for he who has not created himself cannot end his own existence. But what about this one who says, I give my life for you, I pour out my blood for you? Everything changes when we understand this is the Creator speaking, this is not a creature as we are, this is the God man. His death can have eternal significance. It can be meaningful. And it's what he intends on this Thursday night or Wednesday night for for some of you. Before his crucifixion. The cross of Christ. Just think of it. As Jesus hung on the cross. Giving himself for us. The Father totally abandoned him. Why? Because your sin was upon him. My sin was upon him. Once we believe, we tend to think of the the cross in in terms of gratitude or with, with gratitude overflowing from our hearts. I mean, after all, Hebrews 12 says that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. We know what happened on Sunday. So when we think of the cross, we tend to think happy thoughts, if you will. We think this is wonderful forgiveness of sin in Jesus. And oh, how grateful we are for the cross. But on this night, we are to think of the shock and the horror of the cross. And as best we can, we are to share in the shock and the horror of the disciples who never saw this coming, even though Jesus told them very clearly it's coming. They just, the best they could do was say, no, no, Lord, don't, don't speak of such things. We know the rest of the story, so we can never get there fully emotionally. There's no way we can, we can ever be in in the same place they were in, hiding under a table, expecting soldiers to come and, and finish up this Jesus business. But nonetheless, let's take time to contemplate 
the full effects of our sin on Jesus. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? Imagine, if you will, and as difficult as it is, that you are standing before your Creator against whom you've rebelled. And there's no question in your mind that you are guilty and that His wrath is rightly directed toward you. You cannot raise your eyes even to look at his form, a form that you really can't fully discern even if you would be able to gaze on him. But you can discern eyes that are flaming with judgment toward your sin. And these eyes are, 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 are flaming with judgment against the sin of the entire world, but for now they are directed at you. Multiply that by as high a number as you can conceive. And that is the wrath that fell upon Jesus when he died on the cross. It was your fault. It was my fault. It was the only way God's wrath could be satisfied against the rebellion and sin of his creatures. It was our fault. And yet, Jesus didn't have to die. He chose to be obedient to the good and perfect and beautiful and wonderful and horrible plan of the Father. And He gave His body to be broken. He poured out His blood because there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. If you were a follower of Jesus, would you confess that even though you are God's child because of Jesus' sacrifice, nonetheless, you continue to live your life apart from Him? Would you confess that you failed to trust Him in the little things and the big things at your point of deepest need and And everything is going great. Would you yield yourself yet again to this creator who loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for you? If by chance, although it's not by chance at all, you are here and you don't know Jesus, and you want to know Jesus, then would you just acknowledge your sin before a holy God, a God upon whom you cannot even gaze? There's so much that separates you. Would you just do that? Just say, oh God, I'm a sinner. Now, Would you ask God to forgive you for your sin, turn from your sin, and look at Jesus on the cross? He died to pay the debt that you owe because of your sin. There's no other way it can be paid. You can never be good enough. 
Would you look at the cross? Would you look at Jesus? Because you can look at that. He is holy God and yet he's one of us. And he gave himself as the perfect God man. To absorb the wrath of God. Trust him. Believe that he died for you. Would you just say, oh Lord, I believe. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Come into my heart and save me, Lord Jesus. If you have just now confessed your sin to the Lord and you believe that Jesus died for you, then you belong to him. If you already belong to him, give thanks on this sorrowful day. Father, the full extent of your love was revealed to us. When Jesus died on the cross. When you turn your back on him. You made a way for us. Who were headed for destruction. You made a way for us to be redeemed. To be reconciled. To be made right with you. To be justified. To stand in your presence. It's no use speculating about the way you might have chosen, this is the way that you chose to reconcile us to yourself. This is the way that you did make. Our salvation is free, but it costs more than we could ever pay and more than we could ever possibly comprehend. Oh, Father, how deep, how rich, How wonderful is your love for us.